Hello everyone, it is Shay. We are back with another episode of Proverbs and Politics. This is episode four and this is titled Exodus and Revelation. Justice is the revival. I am so happy to be back with you guys. Let's get it started and jump right into our topic for this episode. Okay, so let's jump right into our topic. Justice is the revival. So you have probably been wondering, what the heck? Um, why are so many people talking about revival? Why every time crisis happens in the world, everybody want to talk about revival is happening? Why every time crisis happens, do all these prophets start popping up? People start sharing all these prophecies. What the heck is revival? Uh, is revival acts? Is it the apostles? Is it um, a whole bunch of people getting set free? Devils getting casted out? What is it? Um, why are all these people popping up so worried about social justice? Yada, yada, yada. Well, I am here to tell you that is what I am here for today. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about what is justice. We're going to be learning what it is um, in the biblical term. What does it mean for us as the believers? How do we prepare? And I am going to be releasing the word of the Lord. What is What are our instructions in this season um, as a body of Christ? What does this mean for the church? We are going to be talking about all of that today. So we're just going to jump right into it. What is justice? Um, so according to the Webster Dictionary, just, justice means um, just behavior or treatment to make right, or it is the name of a judge of a mag- or a magistrate. Um, so that is justice according to Webster. Justice according to the scripture. Um, and the Hebrew word for it um, is tezedekah, which means justice or righteousness um and it's meant in that sense as an obligation to do right to make something right um or make one right in the greek justice means dikauzene i had to say that slow and say that like that because i want to mess the word up honey um but that word means justice or righteousness in the sense of being right, um, to be one who is right, or to make right. Uh, so in that sense, justice and righteousness mean the same thing. Um, right standing, um, to say the less, to say the least, excuse me. Um, and so why does justice matter? Um, if you have ever grown up in the church and you were like me and you were a um, real big black power uh panther black panther slash you know you had like a nat turner just living on like the inside of your rib um (laughs) then at one point you may have been told you don't need to be so political you need to be biblical i don't know if that is the case for everybody um who has a passion in social justice or politics or government but it was definitely the case for me uh oftentimes i got told that I needed not to worry so much about politics, um, but I need to worry about godly things or, you know, worry about the church. Um, However, what the church has failed to recognize, not the entire church, but some churches have failed to recognize is that justice is literally the nature of God, um, which is why we're diving into the scriptures First, because I want you guys to understand the importance um, of why God has ordained uh, justice, why he has ordained government, how this impacts politics, because we know that politics is such a broad spectrum and it has so many layers to it, as I've said before on the show. And so this is very much a part of politics because justice and injustice affect um, how we operate in politics. So we're just going to break down, um, first and foremost, the origins of justice. So obviously the origins of justice um, have started with God because God is Alpha and Omega. He, he is, he always was, and he always will be. But where do we see justice first occurring in the scriptures? Um, you can argue that justice first occurred in the scriptures when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, death came into the world, Death and sin came into the world and then Adam and Eve were kicked out of heaven. 
not heaven, excuse me, were kicked out of Eden, excuse me. Um, and then we can also talk about Cain and Abel, um, where Cain killed Abel, and so therefore Cain um, was cursed and so forth. Um, but the biggest, I believe, the biggest revolutionary the biggest revival, uh, sort of say, or the biggest inspiration or model we have, um, as far as like a human figure, uh, besides Jesus, as it pertains to justice is Moses and the Israelites. I say that, um, because for one, the church is is in an exodus season. Um, some of you guys know my spiritual mom, Prophetess Chambray, she prophesied at the beginning of the year that we are in a exodus season. Um, she was more so giving the word of the Lord as it pertained to the gifted network, a network I'm, also, I'm a part of, um, and Jamaica. But I believe strongly that we are in an exodus season as the body of Christ. What does that mean? Um, exodus in the dictionary term means a mass departure of people, especially immigrants, um, or a mass departure of Israelite, or in the biblical terms, it is a mass departure of the Israelites from Israel. Um, so we see Moses leading them out of slavery um, because we know that the Pharaoh of Egypt and Egypt basically all over uh, overall excuse me impose slavery upon them and this was not an ordinary slavery like a servant um master type of thing but this was a particularly cruel we know that moses actually got in trouble because he had killed an egyptian soldier for brutally beating one of the hebrew slaves so we see that moses and that's actually, you can even take that as a foretelling um, of Moses being a model of justice, uh, dealing to one what is right um, according to their deeds. So we see that Moses has been the first one, or I would say the first mm, the first prominent leader or prophet uh in the Old Testament that we have seen who has demonstrated social justice. Um, he has literally led a people out of slavery, out of unjust circumstances. Um, and even more so, what I really want to show us, uh, or I really want us to explore and show you guys, is that the first deliverance of God was a social one. Um, and I say that because a lot of times we think of deliverance as being one where, uh, you know, we see demons getting cast out of people and we see people rolling on the floor and spitting up and throwing up. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with deliverance in the sense of maybe the charismatic world, or I don't even say the charismatic world, but some of you may not be familiar with deliverance um, in that sense. But a lot of times, um, mostly for those, for charismatic churches, I'll just say that, um, we do believe in the doctrine of casting out devils, um, which is a very supernatural act. Um, and so a lot of times, like I said, when we think of deliverance, we think of something supernatural. We think of something, sometimes people go further and think of it as like a hocus pocus spooky type of thing. Um, but the fact, the matter of the fact is, is that this is our first sign that deliverance is not just a soup is not just um a I don't I want to I want to use the right word um because it's a super it's deliverance whenever God is deliverance or whenever God is uh delivering a thing person or place it is supernatural um but it's not how we always think of it I guess I should say um and that this is the first deliverance that we see. Uh, deliverance is in the context of a social structure. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, and I actually even want to go for, go further and say that this is the whole entire point of Proverbs and politics. Um, because we don't, we don't need to 
be confined to the four walls of a church as it pertains to politics, as it pertains to social justice. We actually need to be moving outside of the four walls of the church. And we can't be afraid to speak up and advocate on the behalf of some of the injustices and the things that we say in our world, the Bible tells us to judge righteously. But at the same time, as we are going out into the government and going out into society and so forth, we have to remember uh, that there has to be a supernatural occurrence that meets our works. Uh, what do I mean by that? I mean that we can rewrite laws and policies all day long. We, be we can become politicians. I do truly believe that God is raising up and appointing people, uh, especially in a time like this, to go to the government, to be judges, to be police officers, uh, and, and be involved in various branches of the government. In, in various countries and parts of the world. Uh, but I also believe that there is a supernatural thing that happens, which is why we need preachers, which is why preachers, real preachers, consecrated, will never go out of style. Because just as we are concerned with the policies and the actual work and putting our hands to the plow, there has to be a supernatural occurrence that causes a culture to shift. Uh, and I say that because as much as we want change you know in our and i'll just say take america for example as much as we want change we have to learn that we can vote all day that we can advocate all day we can sign petitions which there's nothing wrong with that that stuff is needed but there also takes uh, a supernatural transformation that happens to society as a whole and an entire shift of thinking and culture and which has to impact the people so that we can together because it, it it can't just be left up to one or one body of people but it literally like I said has to take uh the entire movement of a culture culture literally going into coming from one ideology into another to impact the laws um and the policy and the way the land or a th or a, or in the way that um, a land or a thing is governed, okay? Um, which is why our constitution says, if by any means the people become unhappy with the way of the government or by this constitution, they may uprise um, or, or suggest a change or a reformation. Um, because if the thinking or the needs of a people have shifted, then that which govern a people must shift as well. Does that make sense? Well, of course, y'all can't reply back to me, but I hope that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so we see that Moses has generated a social change. Um, he has literally rewritten the context um and the power structure of a society, right? Because we know that he has split the Red Sea. The Israelites are now in freedom and we are now in exodus. They're in a wilderness season, uh, but they have exited out of bondage, out of the slaves and the chains of Pharaoh um, and of Egypt. And so we even further see in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse three, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes in your return from exile and have compassion on you and will, and will gather you together again from all people's nations where he has scattered you. Uh, so what I say to you now is that we are literally in an exodus season. We are in an exodus, uh, exodus child, um, exodus era of the church because we are lit and we actually have been for a while. Um, and we are now shifting in an entire new paradigm. And so you may be asking, well, Shay, how do you know? Like, how are we supposed to know that? Um, and I will say to you this. Um, if you have paid attention or if you are in any type of Christian group or circle, you'll notice a lot of us have been saying like, man, this Resurrection Sunday was different. Like, it just felt different. We was all in our houses, but it just hit different. Um, me and my, uh, you know, I was up to such and such time just worshiping and thanking God. Um, I just, you know, began to feel the glory of God just fall on me so heavily and my devotional time during Holy Week. Um, even, you know, a lot of us had church online, but I know, you know, church online was hitting, like the worship, everything was hitting. 
Um, oh my goodness. Y'all, I hope y'all did not hear that. Y'all, I live in I live in a you know, a little rough part. So I'm so sorry if y'all heard somebody just having a fit of road rage. But anywho, nonetheless, <laughs> we gotta have bloopers, right? Um, but people were like, Man, Holy Week and this uh Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday was just different. Um, it just felt great, you know. I just thank God um for his sacrifice and what he has done it just hit different and that is there in itself evidence why because the death bur- the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ in itself is justice what do you mean it's justice because when sin entered the world we as human beings were supposed to there was um a punishment that us ourselves were supposed to take on. But instead of us taking it on, Jesus Christ stepped in and he took what we deserved, right? The justice we deserve. And he took it upon his own body and his flesh was bruised and beaten. And he shed blood for our righteousness, for us to be restored. Um, And so the passion of Christ is literally a story of justice. He satisfied the wrath of God for us. And in addition to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, even his birth itself. Um, So we see that Jesus, even though the Israelites thought that Jesus was going to come as a knight in shining armor, they thought he was going to come as um, this warrior out the sky um, and just strike Israel down. I mean, not Israel, but Rome down. However, that is not how Jesus came. He literally came as a child to a poor mother of a middle-class father, Joseph. Um, and he was born in a, in a major among cattle. Uh, but at the end of his life, he died as a lamb, as a sacrificial lamb. But then he rose as the king of earth with all, all dominion and power in his hand, who has brought now justice. Um, I want to remind you that justice and righteous mean the same thing in the Greek. Um, and he, he has now made us his righteousness. Um, and so even now I say to you to, in the biblical terms, as far as like revelation goes, like a a revelatory, um, prophetic revelation that justice is not only, um, to make something right. I mean, it is that, um, but it's not only just making something right. It's not only to be right, um, but it is literally a divine reversal. Um, and actually, now that I just said that out of my mouth, um, to make a thing from bad to good, um, from unjust to, ju- to just, um, to unequal, to equality, is the essence of divine reversal. Um, and that is what we're called to do in this hour, is to reverse things um, by the supernatural grace of Jesus Christ. We'll get into that more though. Um, but so like I said, this Holy Week itself that we felt was just so different despite being in our homes was evidence in itself because it is a story of justice. It's a story of God making us his is the way that God has made us um, now his righteousness, which righteousness and justice mean the same thing. Also, I want to also submit, I want to, am I getting tongue-tied? Like, what's going on with my mouth today? Um, But I also want to submit to you, in the last seven years, we have seen a huge uprising of injustice. Now, granted, in a place like America, it has always been unjust. It has always been oppressive. It has always been um, full of prejudice, discrimination, racism, capitalism, classism, sexism, all of the above. But more so, we have seen it highlighted uh, in the last seven years since about 2000. What we've seen in 2012 was the death of Trayvon Martin. In 2013 and everything, we see that George Zimmerman has went free. And then we also see Michael, things like Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, uh, Sandra Bland, and things of that nature. And we've also seen, begin to see and study the discrimination and race and race bias in other sectors, such as uh, public health, such as the healthcare system. Not saying that these things never existed, because they always have, because the very foundation of America is racist. 
um, and systematically oppressive, but because they have been highlighted more. And because we are we have went through a tech uh, a tech revolution, we are now able to access these things and this information easier than they did 50, 60 years ago. So um, if you've ever, a lot of times we always hear that where the enemy is attacking us most or where we see, um, uh, well, yeah, where the enemy is attacking us most, it usually means that there is a frequency happening in the spirit realm uh, in the area, in a certain area, and that's where God's movement is. So, this the same thing can really be applied to this situation um or what we're talking about in this context we have seen an uprising of injustices and therefore it must mean um if the enemy is trying to bring about more injustice um or we see evil in the place of justice in the place or in the places where there should be justice it must mean that god is bringing justice to a thing if that makes sense um so yeah so a lot of times where you're being attacked most is where the most anointing is um at least that's how they said it you know in sermons and when i was coming up in school and stuff i'm not in school but in church and things like that Also, I also want to submit to you, if I say also, also, one more time, listen, y'all have full permission to literally smack me through the screen. But anyways, another thing I want to submit to you is um, Isaiah 1 and 17. It says, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the ruthless, defend the fatherless, plead for the rights of the widow in court. So in this, we see it says, seek justice. And then it equates a couple more things with seeking justice or puts them on the same playing field or parallels them. Seek justice, rebuke the ruthless, defend the fatherless. I want to stop at that defend the fatherless part. In this, we see, we see the, in this, we see the equating of defending the fatherless to seeking justice why remember i said jesus death was justice right what did jesus death do it gave opportunity for us who were once slaves in bondage to become sons jesus tomb set the captives free so now defending the fatherless who is seeking justice. Why? Because setting the captives free is justice. Why? Because turning slaves to sons is justice. Why? Because to make a thing that was once wrong or once unjust, to make it right is justice. It is a divine reversal. And you know what? Last year, the church, we remember, um, all nations worship assembly of Atlanta. If you don't know, um, when you're well you're about to know um they have put out put out an album and on one of the songs a reason to dance it talks about the tomb of jesus being empty and because of that we have a reason to dance and literally uh benito jones who was one of the worship leaders leading on the songs she said uh, the father has given us a divine reversal his death his resurrection has given us a divine reversal we no longer have to be slaves of sin so we see that us coming out of slavery to sin is now a form of justice um and we began to proclaim that um all throughout the church last year and i don't even think we were i don't even think we understood the power of what we were saying divine reversal god is bringing forth a divine reversal we declare and decree a divine reversal a divine reversal um I, like i said i don't even think we understood the power and the shift um that it has caused and is causing in the spirit realm so um with all that being said we know what justice is we have the evidence of justice or the evidence um, that revival is justice. So what does that now mean about God? What is this? How is this revealing God? And furthermore, what is revival? Is revival acts? First of all, I want to say to everyone under the sound of my voice, um, the acts 
the book of Acts, where we see the apostles going out and spreading the gospel, was not supposed to be our ceiling or our standard, but it was supposed to be our starting port, our starting point. It was supposed to be our floor. And what that means is that God is now, that from Acts, from the time of Acts, God is, we're supposed to be going higher and higher. Uh, so yes, revival, much like the times of Acts, is about setting the captives free, uh, spreading the gospel, spreading the good news, the good message, and healing people, seeing people set free by that good, by that good news. But it is, it, but one of the ways we see revival done or we see it come to pass is the impact it has on families. Um, so how does justice connect to this? Because a lot of families, especially in black and brown and marginalized communities, are broken due to systematic policies and things that have been afflicted upon them. So when we as believers, when we go out and we preach the gospel, we are preaching a message of justice. And what does that message of justice do? It is supposed to impact the thinking and the way of life of the people of the audience and therefore reconcile families back together um why why is that supposed to reconcile families back together because what 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 good does it do to preach a gospel that saves and sets sets us free uh from demonic bloodline curses from generational curses from ancestry uh bondage and what what good is it to get free to hear the message and then we don't do something different in the in our actual own families we don't produce a new bloodline a new uh family history which is submitted to god nothing so it's important that we see the we see the um what do i want to say the prominence that this has that justice is having and is going to have and should have on on fat on in all factors of our life um and so that is revival i think that revival is seeing healthy families being birthed um and this particular next era of revival we are about to see a wave of that of healthy families um and we're going to see it done through various avenues of social justice so like I said, well, Shay, how does this reveal God? First of all, Isaiah 30 and 18 literally calls God um, the God of justice. It says, therefore, the Lord waits expectantly, expectantly and longs to be gracious unto you. And therefore, he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all of those who long for him since he will never fail them. O people in Zion, inhabitants in, Je in Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will most certainly be gracious to you at the sound of your cry for help. When he hears it, he will answer to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. The Bible tells us literally that he is a God of justice. He deals with things justly. He hates injustice. And he has established a way of of justice among his people. If you remember Proverbs 2 and 8, um, I released that, I put that scripture for the theme of Proverbs and politics when I first announced the podcast coming out. And it says, he keeps the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Um, in other, in other, um, child, what's the word? other versions of the of it he says um he keeps or he guards the path of justice and preserves the way of his saints um which tells us that his saints are to be people who guard and go down the path of justice as he has set it to be um and so i say and i say that to say that even the scriptures themselves um the most the most simple recognition says that God is one who loves justice. And if he loves justice, um, and as Psalms 99 tells us that he's a king who loves justice, if he rules justly, if he is a good and just God, if he has established justice, if he has made paths for the saints to go down as justice, then what is the opposite of God? Unjustice. Um, in, 
injustice, oppression, everything that falls in line um, with anything in opposition to justice. So therefore, as God's people, we should also hate what he hates and love what he loves. And various scriptures, it refers to God as being a judge. Um, he is a good judge and a good lawyer. What do judges do? They administer justice. What does the Bible tell us to do in the New Testament? Judge righteously. Jesus gave that as a commandment. He tells us to judge righteously. What does that mean? Judge according to the deed um, or the context of the situation. So we, even as God's people are to be like judges, um, much like the judges of Israel, Deborah, right? Because they administer justice. They administer justice. So justice should be a frequency um, of how we live our lives. And furthermore, um, it shouldn't, it's not just a frequency of our lives, but it should be how we live our lives. Our lives should be filled with justice. We should be ministers of justice. I say this because it is justice is simple and this is why um the enemy ha has wanted to trick us so long into believing that you know politics and social justice it should it's not of our concern we shouldn't worry too much about it we don't want to cause controversy we don't want to talk about it why because the literal way heaven operates is by justice if look at the language of the bible if the bible calls god a judge if the Bible says that he is a lawyer, if the Bible refers to the angels of heaven as host, uh, in other words, as a military, um, as war, as, as weapons of war, if the Bible refers to literally the dwelling of God, um, the courts of heaven, the inner courts, um, and so forth, what is the, we know what a court is, right? It's a place where we, where the administering of justice takes place. So therefore, justice is not just um, an attribute of God. It's not just something we can pick up and put down as believers, but it is literally the way the kingdom of God operates. It is literally the foundation of God. Um, I don't want to say foundation of God because God is and was. He has no foundation. He is the foundation. He's Alpha and Omega. Uh, but it is literally the very essence, the very aura, the very nature of who God is is that's why he is called the righteous one why because righteous and justice means the same thing if he's the righteous one then he is the just one so and even furthermore um in the synagogue jesus says in the speech in the synagogue he gave in luke uh 4 verse 18 19 he even tells them, he tells, he tells the people there that he has come to fulfill Isaiah, the prophecy and visions prophet Isaiah had um, to release prisoners. And we even seen when I read part of Isaiah 30 and 18, um, Isaiah is a, another book, which language is filled very much with like language of social justice, language of, um, you know, coming out of bondage of oppression, uh, coming out of bondage of prison and and so forth. He he oftentimes relates um the enemy and his tricks and schemes to that of bondage. There's even um a passage in Isaiah, I cannot tell you right now where it is, um, but he even says that is this he ta he's talking about the enemy. He's talking about the devil, and he's saying um that he has taken captives of a city. Right. So the language is very much criminals justice. It's giving very much, you know, the three branches of government. OK. And so Jesus literally says, I've come to fulfill the book of Isaiah of being of judging the nations, of releasing the prisoners, of giving justice, of setting free the nations, of judging the rebellious nations. And furthermore. And we see this to be true in Revelation 19 and 11. This is why this episode is called Exodus and Revelation. Because while on a horse, I mean a white horse, I couldn't read my own handwriting, child. Um, a white horse 
it says in Revelation 19, 11, um, on it sits the one who is faithful and true in righteousness. Again, what does righteousness means? Justice. In righteousness, he judges the rebellious nations. And this, and I don't want to get into this because it's about to, this is going into the prophecy part. Um, but so the, the nature in which Jesus lived his life and then in which he is coming back again is in justice is in not injustice, but injustice. Like I said, this is not just an attribute of God. This is not just, um, something simple. Oh, God likes justice. He loves justice. We should do good unto people. No, this is the way that God governs heaven. It's the way he governs and he judges the earth. And it's the way that the believers should govern and walk the earth every single day. If we are to be like Christ and Christ's life is one that ministered justice, then who are we to think that we should neglect the call and assignment to bring justice into, into the social structures of the world? Anyways, so with that being said, we talk about, you know, again, going back to revival and awakening as um, it's like become common language, especially in current times. I'm not talking about end times. I'm not talking about sensationalism, but I'm talking about the new era um, and new part and new history that the church is about to build, that the body of Christ is about to build. Um, it's why we're seeing so many uprisings of generals. We've entered into a new church history. Not saying that the old church history should be forgotten, but we're entering into a new era of history. We're about to make history in the body of Christ. So therefore, how do we prepare? Um, and, and the reason why, before we get into that part, the reason why I had to explain and break that down um, is because it's important if you know who God is pertaining to a thing, like his stance on a certain area, on a certain thing, then you can know, then it gives us instructions on how to move in the next season, um, simply because we're taught to be like Christ. And you can't be like Christ if you don't know who he is, if you don't look towards the scriptures to reveal his character. So this child, this might have to be two parts. This is a long teaching. My God. Um, so in the scriptures, we see how do we prepare? We'll look towards Isaiah 56 and one. This is what the Lord says. Be just and be fair to all. Do what is right and good. For I am coming soon to rescue you and to display my righteousness my justice among you. So the Bible tells us that we may do, that we have to do right. We have to be just and be fair to all, do what is right and to be good. Um, but in this also, and because I, I firmly believe that even though it's the Old Testament, it will always be relevant to today. Um, and so I say that because so I say that uh, because for I am coming soon to rescue you and to display my righteousness among you. That is not that was not only a prophecy for the coming of Jesus, but I believe that it's also a prophecy for the outpouring of the kingdom of God that is about to take place within the next coming days of the church. God is coming to rescue us, to deliver people from bondage, and he is coming to display the my righteousness because justice is the revival that is about to happen we are literally about to see the shift of social structures we're literally about to see the shift um in the oppressor and the oppressed we're literally about to see the paradigm of the earth shift for far too long injustice has ruled and injustice has been the frequency and the language and the currency of how nations have been governed of how governments what governments have been built on what countries thrive on what economies thrive on but god is saying no more and we're shifting the entire paradigm of the earth and so i need to hurry up and wrap this up child because it's been getting a little long 
but therefore, but then in Michael six and eight, he says, he has made it clear to you, mortal man, what is good and what the Lord is requiring from you, from you to act with justice, to treasure the Lord's gracious love and to walk humbly in the company of your God. So what we're supposed to be doing now is humbling ourselves, treasuring the gracious love of God. And now we are to act, to execute with justice. Well, Shay, what does this mean? It means that what God is doing, he is coming as the horse and the rider. I'm not, again, I'm not talking about end times because the Bible is going to always be relevant in the sense of when it was first written, um, the prophecy it was written for. So yes, revelation is written for, you know, people can say like the end times. So, such, so, such and so forth. But revelation, uh, everything in the old Testament is still relevant unto now because that's how I was. Ooh, that's how I was written child. Um, but yeah. And so the reason why I made this episode, the reason why I think it was important, um, is because we have to know how God is moving. We have to know, um, what our next task and set of instructions are. And so that's why the psalmist, psalmist reign, um, prophets and psalmists, because psalmists oftentimes are prophets. That's why they release the word of the Lord um, so that we can know how to move. That's why psalmist reign. If you don't know, there's an album called uh, Possess the Land by Embassy Worship. Uh, shout out to Apostle Brian Meadows if you ever happen to listen to this. Um, but that album I said on my story story earlier this week that it is literally the soundtrack to the next phase and era of the how the body of Christ is moving. Um, and one of the songs is called The King is Here. And then another so- part, and then another song is called The Horse and the Rider. And Psalmist Naomi Rain begins to saying that here comes the horse and the rider. Um, and I'm saying that because I truly believe um, by way of prophetic relation, here comes the horse and the rider. God is moving his people to act and execute injustice. So I say to the teachers and the writers and the authors, it is time, it is time for us to wake up. That's another song on the album, but it's time for us to, if you have a purpose, um, if you know your purpose, if you know what you're supposed to be doing, it's time for you to release it, release it, release it, release it because justice is about to come. And what does that mean? That means the captives are about to be set free and we're about to have a whole new bunch of people into the family of Christ and they need, they need instructions. They need manuals. They need examples. So write, so teach, so, so write the lessons, write the books write the stories uh write the short stories write the poems i even say um to the those who are called to the marketplace and called to entrepreneurship for far too long our econ- our economy has been ran on capitalism and what does that mean capitalism has given way to exploit people um that literally work to move it forward, the employees, people who make minimum wage, we're seeing now the people, the same people we called uh, uh, low, low skilled, uh, uneducated labor workers are the same people who we see as essential now. And those are the same people who have been exploited for the gain of capitalism. But no more says the Lord our God, for I am coming to raise up a new generation of entrepreneurs, a new generation of CEOs, a new generation of founders and they will raise the standard for the economy they are raising the standard for corporate america they will be like judges in the marketplace literally if you are a entrepreneur if you have felt if you have literally sensed the mantle of entrepreneurship come upon you i literally prophesy to you that it is in your best interest to say in the seat in the face of god that you may walk with integrity and your character will outlast your market plan your character will outlast your business plan and as long as god can trust you he will breathe on all of your plans that you have made for your businesses and so forth god is making you to be like a judge in this time Literal billionaires and millionaires who have once ran their company um, from 
off of exploiting the poor and exploiting the vulnerable will literally become will literally start to come to you for advice um how how do you get your business to do this this and such and so what god is doing is raising up a standard in you as a vessel to be an example of integrity and leadership and in business and in corporate god is pulling down mammon and he is exposing greed in various sectors to those of you who are called to health care and the public health uh, sector and, and healthcare policy. Do not. I say some of you, it is in your best interest to literally turn down opportunities, to turn down closed doors, because a lot of those doors only lead to the way of greed, bias, and discrimination. But as for the entrepreneurship, as for the entrepreneurs, is the same thing for you. God is raising up a standard. Open your mouth. And literally now I pray and I prophesy that every muzzle that is on you be taken off before you even go into your into your industry. Because there are a lot of things in healthcare that God is displeased with, that God that is in an abomination in his sight. The discrimination and the bias which is in medicine is literally like is literally a foul odor in the nostrils of God. And God is going to use you to open your mouth and scream it from the top of the from the top of the mountains and the top of the airwaves. Yes, God is calling some of you to be whistleblowers in your field and in your industry. God is overturning the altars of mammon, overturning the altars of Baal, and you have to be a vessel and the standard for which God who for which God brings a divine reversal to that industry, to the healthcare industry, to farm, to the to big pharma and and medicine and the pharmaceutical. And so those of you with a nonprofit on your heart, with community service on your heart, with any type of community based um projects do it do not worry about the money do not worry about the resources but god says i am the one who instructs all of your paths and i make your paths right so i say to you do it that is your word do it execute with justice execute with integrity god is making things right for those of you hey who are called to government i prophesy to you now that you will not be muzzled and you better not go in those capitol buildings you better not go in those government meetings you better not go in those legislative aid meetings and you better not be timid and you better not be and you better not be quiet or you better not be weak but open your mouth and even and prophesy what saith the Lord to the government officials and the policy and the key holders of our governments because now is a time where our rebellious nations as the word declares that he is a horse that he's a ho- that he's on the top of a white horse as faithful and true and he's coming to judge the rebellious nations speak his word to the government Speak his word to the government, the nations, the European nations, nations like Spain, France, uh, America, Britain, uh, China, some of these big countries who have been exploiting their people, who have been exploiting the needy, who have been exploiting the afflicted, who have been exploiting the vulnerable. Hey, that's why you see they're in the frenzy that they are now because the nations, the rebellious nations are about to fall. They're about to crumble. They're about to come down to their knees. That's why America's economy is about is on the verge of collapse. Hey, but you must but you must prophesy the word of the Lord and you must be like John the Baptist repent for the kingdom of God is at hand I prophesy that everything that tries to shut you up may it die like fire and every spirit of Jezebel that has come to quiet up and shut up the prophets of government that he is raising up at this time may she fall in the streets and may the hounds of heaven eat her flesh and tear apart her bones in the name of Jesus a lot of these first world countries, some of you are called to, like Jamaica. Um, a lot of you are called to places in Africa and so forth. You know where you're called. Um, and if you don't know, God will reveal it very shortly. It is important. You better learn the ways, learn the ways in the heart of God for justice. 
because God will begin to send you to these countries. And literally, when I say the power structure of the earth is about to flip, I mean countries like Cuba, like Jamaica, like Trinidad, like Costa Rica, uh, 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 like Nicaragua, like certain countries in, in South America, Guyana, so forth. Literally, the paradigm of earth's power structure is about to flip on its head. Countries that we did not see as world leaders are about to emerge as world powers. Those same countries that mocked and jeered at what they call third world countries are the same countries are crumbled and they will have to watch the rise of those uh, of the same countries they mocked and taunted. Um and so the word of the Lord is to prepare yourself. Everything that has been laid on the heart, on the heart of the father, on everything that has been laid on your heart from the heart of the father, do. And I mean, do it with acceleration and do it with justice. It is no more time. And I, I even prophesy to churches and to people that you think God is a Democrat or you think he's a Republican, or you think that God does not care about the state of our social justice system, or he does not care about the system or our economy at all. You, If you do not repent and you do not put your hands in the plow and the way that God has instructed and the way that God has intended, intended and established pretty soon your brands and your churches will fall as well. Because like I said, God loves justice. He has established justice. The the way his kingdom operates is by justice. And anyone who is operating without the side, uh, out of the wit, out of his will and out of his nature will be the ones who are forgotten and the ones who miss the next movement and are left out of the history of the church that is a t- that and left out of the new history that the church is making. So I say to you and to those of you who support people, you support policy and you sort support laws which go directly against God's commandment for us to help the vulnerable and aid the needy and defend the fatherless and rebuke the ruthless, you will be in the number that is forgotten and that God has passed by. Now, I say to you go and peace and go act in justice thank you so much for tuning in to the episode um this episode of proverbs and politics like i said go in peace be prepared for here comes the horse and the rider and he is coming to judge with justice and righteousness um and yeah i love you all i cannot wait i'm so sorry this is such a long episode Um, but I hope that you got something from it. I hope that you have learned and I hope that you were blessed and I hope that you are charged and you are motivated and you feel the boldness of God to go out and execute whatever it is God has called you to do, uh, with excellence in the spirit of excellence, um, and in the spirit of justice. God is setting the captives free. The blood of the lamb is about to fill the streets all over this globe. And I and I say to you as the church, you better get ready. If you are a part of the body of Christ, you better get ready. You better make sure your kingdom citizenship is assured. You better make sure that you are acting in justice. No, we're not saved by the deeds, but as Matthew 20 uh 25 begins to talk about God is separating in his final judgment. He will separate the sheep and the goat, the goat, the sheep are the one who will inherit heaven. They're the ones who fed the hungry, clothed the poor and gave, uh, gave water to the thirsty and the goat are the ones who did not. So I suggest to you, you better act with justice and you better act with integrity because the Lord, our God, as the horse and the rider is coming to rescue the people out of bondage. And he has heard the cry of those who have toiled and interceded on behalf of the uh, of the oppressed um but yeah so i love you all very much and i'm gonna shut up now and seriously you guys can go love you so much bye i'll see you next episode